Hallelujah. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. How great is our God. Sing with me. your voices. All will see how great, how great is our God. One more time. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. All will see how great Praise the Lord. So good, so good to be in his presence. Hallelujah. Tom and I have just come back from New Zealand and uh, we spoke uh, both in the North Island and the South Island. And it's a beautiful place, New Zealand. Cold, so, but beautiful. And, um, but we had a lot of driving to do. Uh, we went out to Westport. We were speaking at an Anglican conference uh, last weekend. And um, God did so many beautiful things. There were so many people gave their hearts to Christ. Hallelujah. Such a hunger for the Lord. Uh, a beautiful lady was completely deaf in one ear. God just instantly opened her ear. Uh, days later, she was still testifying, saying, It's so amazing that God would do that for me. Somebody else with a, a problem in their eye, their degenerative um, disease, had, had black bits all floating through her eye, God instantly healed her, hallelujah, more and more testimonies, amazing things that the Lord did, and we just give him all the glory and the honor, That's, God is worthy of all the honor, because he's the one who does the miracles, I couldn't heal anybody, but God can heal everybody that comes to him, hallelujah, he is so faithful and so powerful, and, um, but as Tom and I were driving around, we um, we had, I think we did about ooh, probably 12 hours driving all up and we would listen to the audio Bible for hours and hours and we went through Judges and First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings and there's a lot of kings. But it was really, it's a really wonderful opportunity just to really hear it all again in, uh, in context and such, so fascinating it, because the word of God reveals who God is. Hallelujah. It's another way that we get to see him. And it's so powerful to feast on the word of God. But you know, I, we took um, a couple of days off and I, I did some walking. And as I was walking and talking with the Lord, I was just thinking about these stories we'd been hearing as we'd been listening to the word of God. And, but, but also thinking about people like Michael, David's wife, that when she mocked David for and was disdainful about him making a display of himself in front of the ark of God how God's judgment instantly came against her and she was made barren and Uzzah when they were bringing the ark into the uh, into the country 
wrongfully, they're bringing it on a cart, he, the, the oxen stumbled and he just instinctively put his hand up to steady the ark and was instantly judged and died. And then throughout the stories, listening to um, judgment things like David when he was, um, he, he was disobedient and the Lord sent a prophet to him and said, go and tell David, I'm reading from 2 Samuel 24, Thus says the Lord, I offer you three things. Choose one of them for yourself that I may do it to you. So Gad came to David and told him and said to him, Seven years of famine shall come to you, oh, shall seven years of famine come to you in your land, or shall you flee three months before your enemies while they pursue you? Or shall there be three days plague in your land? Now consider and see what answer I should take back to him who sent me. And David said to Gad, I'm in great distress. Please let us fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great. But don't let me fall into the hand of man. So the Lord sent a plague upon Israel from the morning till the appointed time. From Dan to Beersheba, 70,000 men of the people died. And when the angel stretched out his hand over Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord relented from the destruction and said to the angel who was destroying the people, It's enough, now restrain your hand. And you think, where is she going with this? But as I look at all of these stories... I was walking and talking with the Lord and realizing, you know, there's so many times that I have not done something that the Lord's asked me to do, or, or I've, I've, I've done something where that, that if I were living under this system, I should be dead. I should be judged. And yet, I'm not. My God comes and he holds my hand and he says the kindest things. Why? He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. It just hit me afresh that Jesus, God himself, the Son of God, came and he bore in his own flesh. He came as a Jewish man. He grew and he was without sin and then took all of the punishment for everything I would ever do on himself so that he and I could be in constant fellowship and that I would never have to be punished or judged for my sin. And you know, this is something we know. But I believe the Holy Spirit is really hovering over us as a body right now and offering an invitation for us to see clearly, to cry out, Lord, give me eyes so I can see, so that we can be fully aware and fully awake of the reality of what Christ has done, of the reality of the word of God, that I want the word to so touch the strings of my heart that without them even having to be plucked, my, the strings of my heart resonate with his voice. I want all the rust of religion and familiarity blown off, and I want to come back to a first love that just resonates with his voice, a tender conscience. Because I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to breathe on his people and bring forth a sound that will be heard around the world. Hallelujah. You, you could have the, that snare drum up there and if the, the drummer hadn't flipped the whatever it's called, I don't know what it's called, Ricky, what's it called? Whatever, the, on the snare drum. If I wasn't, um, if, if he didn't do that, every time I'd speak, that thing would rattle, it would vibrate from the ball bearing stretched across the, the skin because the sound 
would cause it to vibrate. But in the same way, I believe the Lord is looking to bring us back into a childlike faith where the very sound of his voice causes the strings of our heart to tremble. <laughs> that when we read the Bible, we don't just read it for information, but we allow it to come down deep into our hearts and make us resonate and tremble. <laughs> I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to challenge us to begin to remember what it was like when we first came to Christ. And he wanting us to, to look again with the childlike faith that sees the word of God and, and trembles at his voice. Hallelujah. You know, thinking about things like this and the, the reality that, oh, that I don't, it doesn't make me want to take the mercy of God for granted. But it makes me want to hit the floor and cry out, holy. It causes me to want to humble myself more and say, God, help me never to take for granted the reality that every day you suffered so I didn't have to choose a punishment. Every day, Lord, let me walk, not with condemnation, but with a holy reverential worship that flows from my heart that's continually touched by the sacrifice of Christ. What he has done and what privilege I have doesn't cause me to want to walk around arrogantly and be, be uh, you know, um, arrogant in my lifestyle, it, it makes me want more to be aware of the reality of his sacrifice so that I can give him the honor. It makes me want to give my all to say, Lord, I want my life to belong to you. you know, I turned 45 um, in May last year, so I'm 46 now. And, you know, the Lord spoke to me and I could tell his voice. He was just he was just being kind the way he does. And I was thinking and I just felt like the Lord just asked me, you know, if you live to be as old as your grandmother, she lived into her mid nineties, how long have you got to live? I said, Well Lord, that's like forty five or fifty years. He said, well, imagine if you were just to live even as long as her. And, you know, I might live longer than that. We could live longer than that. But that would be my whole life over again, starting from what I know now. Like, I could get to live my life, my whole life again. And I, it's the thought suddenly, whoa. I mean, what could you do knowing what you know now? With the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years of your life. I, you know, I don't have to go through growing up and, and uh, you know, taking a long time before I find Jesus and then growing in maturity and wisdom. I can have the wisdom that I've, I've learned up to now and have my whole life over again. And I suddenly just was like, whoa, God. And my response is, Lord, I want to give you this next 45, 50 years, however long I have on the planet. I want it to be given afresh to yeah. you. Yes. You deserve the glory. Yeah. You've purchased it for me. Let it be for your name's sake. Let the fullness of your purposes be done. Hallelujah. 
and the heart of the Father is to draw us into that place of surrender because it's only in that place that we can truly come into sync with him. When something's out of sync, it starts to get a bit worn out because things are knocking against each other. But when everything is in sync, things flow beautifully. The only way you'll, become, you'll come into sync with God is when you come into a place of surrender. I've been reading about uh, Catherine Coleman recently. And, you know, I've read, I think, so much of what I can find on her. And I always get very inspired by her life. But I was struck again with her continual focus on giving God all the glory and surrendering everything she had to him. And I remember um, hearing her, hearing a story about what she would do when people would give her compliments and testimonies. And, you know, they'd come and they'd tell her what the Lord had done and they'd thank her for things and she'd, they'd give her compliments. And a reporter one day said, asked her, you know, how do you, how do you cope with all this, you know, affirmation and attention? And she said, at the end of the night, I go back to my room and I think about every compliment and every testimony. And I think about it and I, I give God thanks for it. But then I gather them all up like a bunch of roses and I present it to Jesus. And I thought, that's so beautiful, God. I want you to have all the glory. I want you to have all the honor. And I want to be careful that I don't miss a single one. That I don't get presumptuous in a single thing, but that I take everything that you give me and I give it back to you with thanksgiving and worship. That you do get all the glory and all the honor because when we come into a place where we begin to recognize the state of things, that he is worthy of it all, everything comes into sync. Hallelujah. I believe the heart of the Father is that we would walk gently in this season before the Lord. I just, I'm feeling it in my own heart. As I, as I talk with our team, I see God doing the same thing in their hearts. Just the Lord wanting us to walk tenderly and gently before him, carefully taking and valuing everything he says and not taking any of it for granted. But to take the words of the Lord and meditate on them, let them sink down deep into my heart so that they don't just stay in this knowledge realm. Yes, I know that. Yes, God spoke. Isn't that wonderful? But actually letting it go down deep until it actually becomes a part of who I am and applied in my everyday life. Wanting to, to take the, the wonderful principles. We've learned so much. God, you, if you've been a Christian for a little while, you will have learned already so much. There's so much information available to you. Wonderful truth. But if we would take that truth and actually deliberately apply it, thoughtfully, Take it and meditate on it. Chew it and then apply it into our everyday life. Things would be different. I've been, um, and I'm going to share some, uh, continue on Sunday, talking about 
healing and I want to share some of the, the things that the Lord's just been speaking in my own life at, um, and how to actually apply these wonderful truths in my own life uh, so that we can really uh, enjoy what he has, has done in the atonement but, but how to take it and actually apply it in our everyday thinking, taking captive the thoughts and what to do with them. But as I have been reading about this and looking at this, I've been on a journey myself as the Holy Spirit has just been stirring me to hunger for more. Because I believe he doesn't want us to settle for what we've seen. He wants his glory to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. And he wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask, hope, or imagine. But I also know that he is looking for yielded vessels. Catherine Coleman used to say, God's not looking for golden vessels. He's not looking for silver vessels. God's looking for yielded vessels. What God can do with a yielded vessel. And you know, in times past, I've heard that and I've applied a religious mindset to it. I'm trying to be yielded. I'm, I'm not very yielded. I'm trying to be yielded. I want to be yielded. And not understanding the beauty of the rest of faith and understanding that yieldedness is not something that I, I am trying to achieve. It is something that I am simply surrendering. It's a place of coming and surrendering to him and saying, God, I need help. I need you. You can have it all. And, I, and not out of I'm trying to give it all, but my heart response to your kindness is I just have to give you my life. It's not something that he's demanding. It's something that he's inviting us into to lose our lives to find his. Hallelujah. And that, and that is simply responding to his invitations. God's issuing invitations every day to us. There's opportunities when he might put his finger on something. Like I noticed it a little while ago. I was I got a I got a little bit, you know, annoyed when some people were dishonoring me and I I I was like, oh that annoys me, I shouldn't do that. And then and then I noticed it another day. And then I realized, ooh, I'm actually seeing something here. I've developed a bit of an entitlement mentality. I've let some pride creep in here. Oh, thank you, Lord. Instead of getting condemned, I was like, oh, God, I'm so grateful you let me see that. And it gave me an opportunity to surrender some more. Because it's without... Giving everything to him, it's those things that cause us to be out of sync and life gets out of whack. But when we are able to say, God, here it is, you're worthy of it all, I surrender it to you, we can live in a place of freedom and joy. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. And he's looking for us to be tender-hearted. Not to respond with condemnation that picks up things and goes home and you know wants to punish ourselves. That's not faith. That is unbelief. If you think that you can 
somehow earn the forgiveness of God by punishing yourself, you are in pride and you need to repent because you have no qualification to be able to pay for your sin. Only Christ can do that. Only Christ was worthy to become the perfect sacrifice. And because of his sacrifice, I don't have to face judgment and punishment anymore. But it requires us to walk in faith. The just, the righteous, live by faith. We've actually got to apply faith in this mercy, faith in this goodness, actually believe, thank you, God, I'm freed. I'm, thank you, God, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. But it's not about being able to quote the scripture. It's about actually letting the scripture so ring the strings of your heart that your response is, oh, thank God I've been set free. Thank God that you've given me your righteousness. Thank you, God. What does that look like? How does that feel? What does it mean to be righteous and clean? See, a lot of people take it as a truth and they try to live out of that place in their head. But God never asked us to live out of the, uh, the knowledge of good and evil. He wanted us to live from the tree of life. And his words should so be taken deep into our spirits that they spring up as a tree of life. Hallelujah. That they become living words within us. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. What does that feel like? What does it look like? Not to feel guilty. Whatever thought now I have about myself that doesn't line up with who God is, if I believe that it's no longer me who lives but Christ who lives in me, any thought that I have about myself that doesn't line up with who he is needs to be taken captive, cast down and replaced with truth. So how do you feel about yourself? You have, the, you have the responsibility now to preach to your soul. Tell your soul, hey soul, you don't live, I don't live by your emotions. I live by faith and I'm going to tell you, mind, soul, mind, will and emotions, I'm going to tell you to come into alignment with truth. Here, let me tell you some truth that's going to make you happy. You are clean, you're pure, you have the motives of Christ now because, and that is nothing you can take glory in, it's something that he's done for you. Hooray! I'm a nice person. I'm a kind person. I am motivated by the nature and the, the character of Christ. How can I say that? Certainly not by my works or by my performance, but by the performance of Jesus Christ and the reality that now he has come to live in me. Hallelujah. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Hallelujah. But it requires us to live from that place. You can get that gloriously one day. But unless you live in a place of constant surrender to the Lord, you can start getting presumptuous. I can think about these incredible truths and let them make my heart tremble with worship and sing with delight and well up with joy. Oh, thank God I'm set free. Thank God I've been delivered from me. Hooray. Oh, so wonderful, God. Thank you, God, I have nothing 
nothing to be fearful about. Thank you, Jesus. And you take care of me. Thank you for your word. I can enjoy that and have that wonderful joy one day. But the next day, I still have a responsibility to walk by faith. So the next day, if I'm not feeling fantastic, if, I, if something happens and I just, or whatever, condemnation tries to come, I still have a responsibility to preach to my soul and say, hey, soul, what you doing? Why are you downcast? Bless the Lord, soul. Forget not all his benefits. Hey, let me tell you about some of the benefits. You don't have to be punished because Jesus took your punishment. Hey, let's not think about that just with our head. Let that touch you, soul. Hey, you could have been in a place where you would have had to be punished for your sin, but you have been forgiven. And Jesus came because he loved you so much. He came and he took all of your punishment, so you'll never have to be punished. Oh, here I am to worship. It's truth that causes a response in our hearts. Hallelujah. I remind my soul, hey, soul. You are filled with God himself. It's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. Christ, God is love. Love is patient and kind. You are love. You, Catherine, here, who no longer lives, but Christ who lives in you, soul, you have been redeemed, and as Christ is, so are you in this world. Therefore, you have living on the inside of you love personified. You are patient. You are kindness itself. You are holy. You are long-suffering because it's no longer you who live but Christ who lives in you. Hey, get a hold of this and walk by faith in this reality today. And the heart of the Father is that we'd actually deliberately Anchor ourselves in the word of God. Anchor ourselves in truth and take, let it take us beyond the, the knowledge realm and into the heart realm. So I like to journal and um, I write things, I write down my thoughts, I'll write down even my anxious thoughts and even the lies and I'll identify it. Lie and I then write down the truth of what God has said. And when I look at what the Lord's done and how he speaks to me, how he'll sit with me and he'll hold my hand and he'll speak to me and he'll encourage me. This God, this wonderful God, I want to be careful to live a life of surrender that I never take it for granted. Because then I look at all these kings, I mean, one after the other, after the other, after the other. And... My heart feels like wants to sink every time I, I hear a new king announced. And they say, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. And I'm like, oh, not another one. How could they do that after all that God did? And yet we can be exactly the same. We can know all about the good stuff. We can know God took my punishment and yet we still have a free will to choose every day whether or not we will live from the place of life and faith or whether we will walk in the ways of the world. When we find ourselves getting angry about something or annoyed or frustrated or we feel like we've been hard done by, I need to remind myself, hey, wake up to yourself. 
you have been bought with a precious price. That means you don't belong to yourself anymore. How dare you start to carry on like that? Soul, sort yourself out right now. Let me tell you some truth here. You're starting to feel hard done by? Let me tell you some truth. Let's look at what David had to choose because he was disobedient. You'll never have to choose that because Jesus took your punishment. Do you still feel like you want to be cranky about something? <laughs> we need a Holy Ghost awakening. We need a supernatural enlightenment with the spirit of wisdom and revelation, enlightening the eyes of our understanding in the knowledge of him who was and is and is to come. Hallelujah. So that we stop walking around like spoiled brats and start walking in reverential, holy fear that says my life is bought with a price. It belongs to the King of Kings. And I choose today to live in a response of surrender to the one who is <laughs> and who is to come. It's in that place that I can feel the momentum of heaven. It's as though there is an invitation for an outpouring like we've never seen before. You know, as I look through history and you, you read about the things that were happening in the book of Acts, you read about what Jesus said about us going and doing greater works than he did. Jesus being excited that he was going away because Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Christ himself, the Spirit of the Father was going to live in you and you and you and you and you. And you'd have a whole lot more than his single 33 years among you. Christ will walk the earth. He was so excited. And the Holy Spirit is wanting to wake us up to this truth. That's why I believe the scripture says all of creation is groaning and longing for the day that the sons and daughters of God wake up and begin to manifest Christ. For the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. God, they're groaning. Creation's groaning and waiting to see Christ. And yet we've been... So, so often tricked into walking around like spoiled children. And I look at, I look at Israel and, and from our perspective, we can look at it and go, oh, that's so silly. Why would they do that? And yet we can so easily be caught in the same deception if we don't anchor ourselves in the word of God and cry out for I salve. Give me I salve so I can see God. I don't want to be rich and full and have need of nothing in my own mind when actually I'm wretched, poor, miserable, blind and naked. I need I salve to recognize how great you are, how much I need you. And I want to live in a place of daily awakening by the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that I I can truly know you and walk in the hope of your calling that I could know the value that you have put upon me so I can truly experience the love that you want to overwhelm and overflow through me and that I might know the greatness of the power toward us who believe it takes all the striving out because it's as you 
are in awe of God, it becomes, surrender becomes not something you do, it is simply a response. <sighs> you can have it all, God. And, and worship and, and giving our lives no longer becomes something that we're trying to do. It is something that is just <gasps> a natural response to the greatness and the bigness and the glory of God as Holy Spirit reveals him to us. I take Fridays to just spend with the Lord. I have done for years. And some days it goes well and some days I get distracted. But more and more as I have been crying out, God, awaken my soul. Awaken me to righteousness. Awaken me to truth. Give me eyesight to see. The easier it's become. It's like a day is so not enough. To sit and to love you, to worship you, to enjoy you, to write down truth and think about it and meditate on it and look at some more and then recall the things that you've said and meditate on those things, write it down and give you worship for it. It's just becomes a beautiful thing. I believe the Holy Spirit is inviting anyone who would respond to him in surrender to be anointed for greater works than Jesus did when he walked. I believe that the Spirit of God is looking for it, but he is waiting for those who who give God the boulders and the stones in the highway of holiness, that they would cast up the highway by coming into a place of constant daily surrender and saying, God, here it is. You can have me and you can do anything you want. And then as we live not passively, but in a place of actively engaging with his love, in a, in a place of active surrender, the spirit of God can use your life like a runway. Hallelujah. To, to bring lift off for his name to be lifted up. Hallelujah. What does God want to do through us? What does he want to do through you? Let me give you a, a little clue. Christ in you is not dreaming about getting through the next few days. Christ in you is not dreaming about helping you stay saved until you die. That is not his dream for your life. Christ in you Oh, he dreams of being able to be the light of the world. I look at Catherine Coleman and, and you know, she had to come to the place. She, she says, I can name the day that Catherine Coleman died. She gave up the idea of marriage and family and children. And she just said, Lord, I just give it all. Because she felt that was what the Lord was wanting her to do and and then daily lived in that choice, giving it up, surrender. But we can daily say, Lord, I give up all my rights and my presumptions. And I say, Lord, my life belongs to you. You came to give life and life more abundant. You give us the desires of our heart. Yet, Lord, I give it all back to you and say, Lord, you are my God. You are my God, and I am your child. I am in relationship with you. Hallelujah. But I, you are not my servant. 
Oh, God. I am yours. So often we put God in the place of God, you're my servant. When actually God is God. We need to go, you're God. You actually bought my life with a price. It's not words that I could recite. It's a reality in my heart and let it become more real to me every day because that's the only way that I can be provoked to the surrender that you need. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. You know, if we lose our lives for his sake, we'll find it. But it's so wonderful to know that it's not something you have to try to do. God's looking for us to cry out to him and say, help, Lord. Make my heart so responsive to your word that my, my, my song instinctively becomes, you can have it all, Lord. That it doesn't come from a place of striving and trying and fretting and worrying, but out of a, an act of worship that says, God, you have overwhelmed my heart today and today I come with the response of surrender again afresh hallelujah what do you want to do with our life today today Lord you've laid up good works in advance for me to do thank you father that I have the motives of Christ the heart of Christ I am kind I am patient I am loving thank God you know, I believe we're coming back to a revelation of salvation. So many of us have taken for granted this incredible gift of life. But I believe the Holy Spirit's helping us see it again. And he's so excited about walking with you you know he'll sit with you and he'll hold your hand he does that with me i'll feel him just sitting with me holding my hand loving me talking to me encouraging me i was so excited talking with him last night you know it was, it was like two in the morning and i was still not asleep because i was getting up and writing things but he gives his beloved sleep and he'll, he'll, he'll watch over as you, you as you sleep and he'll be there when you're in the morning. He'll give you dreams, hallelujah. As you start to move forward with him by taking him at his word, speaking his word, praying it, thanking him for it, God moves with you and he overtakes you. It's just so glorious, hallelujah. We're going to pray for some people in just a few minutes. But before I do that, I want to ask you tonight, if you're here and you know in your heart, you, you haven't surrendered your life to Christ. God says that unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. What that means is that we actually have to give our lives to Christ and in faith identify with his punishment, death and resurrection. And believe that because he died, I can by faith receive his gift of salvation and be crucified with him simply through faith in his grace. I become born again, not born anymore as I was born with a corrupt nature. My corrupt nature becomes 
the righteousness of God as I exchange my life, exchange my nature, my unrighteousness for his righteousness, and I become holy so that I can be joined to God. Hallelujah. By the sacrifice of Jesus, it's called being born again. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. He was chastised for our peace, and by his stripes we are healed. We can come and we can give him our sin. We can give him our crookedness. We can give him our anxiety and our fear. We can give him our sickness. And as we engage in divine exchange, we receive his forgiveness. We receive his righteousness. We receive his peace and we can receive his healing. Hallelujah. But right now, before we go on and pray for people, I want to ask you, if you're here and you know in your heart you need to get your life right with God, you want to surrender your heart to him and say, Lord, I want to be born again. Today I want to cross the line. I don't want to just believe in your existence. I want to respond to your mercy and I want to become a new creation today. If that's you, would you wave your hand at me? I want to pray for you before we go any further. Is anyone here that says, yes, that's me? I want to respond to the mercy of Christ today. I want to become born again. I want to pray for you. Is there anybody here today? Well, thank you, Father. I want to pray for those watching. If you know in your heart you need to respond to the mercy of Christ, I want you to pray this after me. Father God, I believe you sent your son Jesus to be punished and crucified in my place. I believe Jesus took my punishment for me, my judgment. And Lord, right now I give you my sins, everything I've ever done. Take my life, I surrender it to you. And by faith, Lord, I receive your mercy and your forgiveness. Come into my life, make me new on the inside. Fill me with your spirit. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your sacrifice. I believe that your blood cleanses me and washes me right now from sin. Lord, I thank you. Fill me with your spirit. And Father, I'm asking that you would help me to know you in ever-increasing ways. Help me to daily become aware of your love for me. Help me to know you through your word. Speak to me, Father. Help me. Spirit of God, teach me about God. Help me to know the Father. Help me to know the Son. Lord, I thank you for your grace. I declare that today I am a child of God, accepted and loved and forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.